Good morning. Hi, I'm Ayrton. How's everyone doing today? Good. So, first of all, uh, I want to thank Pastor Joel and Sharon McMahon for this incredible opportunity. I'm very grateful to be able to serve the church and the Lord in this capacity presenting God's Word in its fullness. It's a privilege that I really appreciate. And probably the biggest responsibility I've ever undertaken. So, uh, (laughs) I'm going to need some help. So before we begin, let's go to God in prayer, shall we? (sighs) Almighty God, Heavenly Father, Creator, You are the giver of life and the taker of life, Lord. Help us to come to understand who you are on a deeper level today, Lord. Who you are and who we are, Lord. That you are holy and perfect and righteous and just. And that through sin we've been separated from you. But but in your great love, you made a way for us. to to be reconciled to you, to be rescued from sin. And uh, it's because of Him that we're here today, Lord. I pray that uh, Your Word would be preached and not mine. And uh, Lord, uh, we love You. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ bringing us all together. So beautiful. So, today I have a simple question for you. Are you in Christ? Turn with me to our root scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1. Verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished upon us. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. If you are in Christ, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) If you are not in Christ, your sins are not forgiven. If you are in Christ, you are not in your sins. If you are not in Christ, you are still in your sins. Let's back up to the beginning of chapter 1 in Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's writing to the church. He's writing to those who are in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Let's move forward to chapter two now. You were dead. I like to pause there. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who is that? The devil. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. What wrath? wrath of God. Why do we deserve the wrath of God? Because we've broken His law? But because of His great love... For us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the free gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. So, the question is, am I in Christ or out of Christ? Am I alive in Christ Or am I dead in my transgressions and sins? Here's the golden question. How can I enter into a saving covenant relationship with Almighty God? And many will say, believe in Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Is believing in Jesus as the Son of God all that is required? Even the demons believe and tremble. James 2.9 Well, why don't we see what Jesus has to say? In Mark chapter 1, the first red letters in the gospel according to Mark, Jesus himself, his first sermon, his first message. Any idea? Was his first message, I love you? Was his first message, I forgive you? Was his first message, You're great just the way you are. Jesus' first message was, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So something's happened here. The time has been fulfilled. What's happened? Well, the kingdom of God is at hand. If something is at hand, that means you can reach out and touch it. This is great news. This is good news. 
So what do we do about it? Well, repent and believe in the gospel. I'd like to dive really deep into repentance today, but we don't have time. So we'll be focusing on this on the second key. Repentance is the first key. Turning away from your sin and towards God. The second key is believe in the gospel. Okay, believe in the gospel. Okay. Well, what's the gospel? Well, it must be important because in 2 Thessalonians 1.8, the Bible says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. Those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel? Do we have to believe the gospel or obey the gospel? Or is it both? Romans 6.17, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching. What is this pattern? The gospel is a pattern? What is this pattern? What is the gospel? Well, the Apostle Paul gives this very crystal clear image of the pattern of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15.1, Apostle Paul writes to the church and says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word that I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Okay, here we go. Ready? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. There it is, folks. There's the gospel. Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, so we have the pattern. And it's by this gospel you are saved. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Not a prosperity gospel. Not a fake gospel. This gospel you are saved. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Okay. So we got to believe this. Okay. Yeah, I believe it happened. How do we obey this? How do we die, be buried, and come back to life? Well, the good news is, Jesus has already done it. So if we get in Christ, we get in the gospel. We need to connect with Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. We need to reenact the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Jesus says, no one will be able to see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So we must die and come back in Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection. Now just wait a minute. This sounds like baptism. Hey! Romans 6.3 says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, 
I know what you might be thinking. There's only one thing that cleanses anybody from sin, and it's what? The blood of Jesus Christ. So how do we encounter the blood? Where did Jesus shed his blood? In his death. This is where we encounter his blood. Galatians 3.26 says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who have been baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. If you are clothed in him, you are in him. Consider the Apostle Paul's conversion. The Apostle Paul was a penitent, praying believer for three days after he met Jesus. However, he was still in his sins. Notice, Jesus did not miraculously save Paul, but tells Paul he will be told what he must do. Acts 9.6 Notice the scripture does not say for Paul to ask Jesus to come into his heart. He is also not told to pray requesting salvation. The Bible does teach, however, that Paul is told to be baptized. And the reason he was told to be baptized was that his sins were still with him. It's in baptism that one's sins are forgiven and washed away. In Acts 2.38, Peter is preaching to the masses, and they hear the gospel, understand the gospel, and they are cut to the heart, the Bible says. And they say, brothers, what shall we do? Peter says, get up, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for what? The forgiveness of your sins. In Acts 22.16, after meeting Jesus, Paul is told by Ananias, the gospel explained, he understood it. Great. And Ananias says to Paul, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, washing your sins away. This is the appropriate faith response after hearing the gospel. I mean, all the converts in the book of Acts, you see everyone who is encountered with the gospel immediately seeks baptism. Why is that? While many were already religious, consider the Ethiopian eunuch, Cornelius, Apollos, they were religious, worshiping God, praying to God, teaching about God, even accurately. But did being religious save them from their sins? No. Not until they heard the gospel and understood the gospel and were baptized. Then they were considered added to the church, the true church, not a building, the church, the body of Christ. So, moving on. Romans 8 9 says, If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Right? Amen. If you do not have the Holy Spirit of Christ indwelling in you, you do not belong to Christ. So how do we receive the Spirit? Well, we must be cleansed by the blood through baptism. 
Let me ask you this. When did Jesus receive the Spirit? When he was baptized. Every believer in Acts did not receive the Spirit of Christ until they were baptized. Until they understood, more importantly, the death, burial, and resurrection. In John 3, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Still not convinced? Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Go and make disciples of all nations. What's a disciple? A disciplined one. One who listens and understands and obeys. Right? What does obeying this gospel really look like? What does following Jesus really look like? Well, discipline. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, And Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. In Him we have the life. In Him, we have the truth. In Him, we have the way. So what does it look like? Well, it doesn't stop at baptism. (laughs) It doesn't stop, folks, until He calls you home. There is a lordship change. Through repentance and the gospel, one is no longer the lord of their own life. You give that to Jesus, right? Lord means master, right? So I'm no longer the master of my life. I give it to Christ. Am I in Christ? Is He my Lord? Why do you call me Lord and do not do what I say? Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Why don't you do what He says? Here's an illustration. (laughs) Uh, Let's suppose that we're in an airplane far, far above the ground, thousands of feet up in the air, okay? And we're going to jump. You're going to jump. And I say to you, whoa, whoa, wait. Don't jump just yet. If you jump by yourself, you will surely die. You need to trust in this parachute. And you say, okay, I believe in parachutes. Yeah. Whee! To, to save yourself, you need to not only believe in the parachute, you need to take the parachute and put it on. And you need to listen to instructions and understand how to use the parachute. Thank you. I see it hit home. Moving on. You cannot have a Savior without a Lord. How do I know? I, th- I think... I think he's my Lord. I think I'm following him. Am I in Christ? Oh, was I was that bad? How do I know? The Bible says to test yourself to see if you are in the faith. What do I do in secret? 
Is there real repentance? Am I surrendered to God's will? Where is my mind? Are my idols being eradicated? Do I have a hunger for God's word? Am I experiencing the testimony of the Spirit? Am I a new creation? Do others see it? Do I trust in Christ? Do I let Him make radical decisions in my life? Jesus says, follow me. Are you following Him? Do I have a love for Jesus? A man doesn't have to wonder if he's in love. Am I in Christ? Jesus is calling you today. Will you answer him? So I ask you again, are you in Christ?